Lord, we come to you at this time uh, with our heads humbly bowed, just thanking you for today. Lord, I'm so appreciative uh, for every person that's in this place right now, Lord. I'm so glad that you blessed them all to make it here safely. Lord, I pray that you will take us higher, Lord, as we strive to grow in your will, word, and way. Lord, I pray that you will bless us, not just to be hearers of your word, uh, but to be doers of your word. With that, dear Lord, we pray on tonight that we're not just uh, informed, uh, but that we're transformed, dear Lord. Change us where we are, dear Lord, so that we can be the people you've called us to be. Uh, Lord, there is much to do. Uh, there's work on every hand. And we know in order to make things happen, we need you on our side. Lord, I ask that you'll please bless us, keep us, watch over us as we study your word on tonight. Uh, guide us as we make our way through the pages of your majestic book. King Jesus, we praise you, we thank you, and we love you. These and all prayers we ask. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. 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 And amen again. Amen. Um, on tonight, uh, we are still taking part in this, in this series entitled uh, The Face of the Pharisee. Uh, uh, really quick, I'd like to take a moment just to recap uh, what we've covered already. Uh, I'm just praying over, over my electronics. It gave me the blues last time. We're just praying it'll work out with me. I pray y'all are praying too. If y'all with me, say amen. So let's talk about some of the things we talked about last time. Uh, our last lesson was his word and our ways. And, and the premise of our study is that uh, we want to look at the Pharisee because the Bible tells us something powerful in Matthew 5 and verse 20. It says, listen, for I, I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not what the Bible says enter the kingdom of heaven. Absolute. In other words, uh, God is essentially giving us the cheat sheet if we'd allow. He's telling us that, listen, there's, there's some parameters that we want to hit. Uh, there are some indicators. There is a population of people in the Bible that we can study, and through the study of this population, we ourselves can become better Christians. Last time we were together, we talked about the concept of uh, 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 his word and our ways, and essentially, uh, one of the things that we learned about the Pharisee last week was that they would have a mindset that would make what they say serve as an excuse not to do what God says. And none of us do that, right? All right, amen. There we go. Yes, indeed. Uh, we, we, we determine the mission of the believer. Listen, our mission, someone say mission. Our mission is to be conformed more and more into the nature of Christ. And how do we become conformed into the nature of Christ? How are, how are, we, how are we made into the likeness of Christ? Anybody. How are, we, how are we conformed into the likeness of Christ? I heard it over here. Yes. No, I, uh, Sister Alexander, you said it. What did you say? That is all day long. Yes, indeed. Uh, we don't want to just hear the word. We want to obey the word. Brother Parrish. Yes, believe in his word and obey his word. Definitely. Uh, that's how we are changed. It is not in our natural nature to be righteous. If y'all know that, say amen. That is, every one of us, to the core of us, knows that we're always fighting some measure of devil. Man, I wish y'all wouldn't look like y'all don't know what I'm talking about when I say that kind of stuff. Yeah, every one of us, to, at some, in some stage or some way, we're fighting some measure of the devil, right? And it's because there's a part within us that's at war with righteousness. So we want to be conformed more and more, and we achieve this by obeying the word of God. We achieve this by obeying the word of God. If y'all still with me, say amen. 
We, we prayed a prayer last time. We said, dear God, uh, please remove any pharisaical tendencies from our hearts and grant us a mind of submission to you in every way. And when we talk about being submissive to God, what do we mean by that? What does it mean to be submissive to God? Anybody? Yes, sir. Say it again. His way over our way. Absolutely that. That is, I want to live my life glorifying God every day and in every way. And if it means that God says, Kevin, my glory is this way, but I want to go this way. Being submissive to God is to say, I want to go this way, but because going this way will glorify God, I'll deny the way I want to go so that I can do things that are pleasing to God. And listen, that's a, that's a life that's a life hinge, a fork in the road that we encounter probably every day, probably multiple times a day, times when you want to do what you want to do and God is calling you to do something else. And being submissive to God is us coming to the understanding that we don't want to be like the Pharisees in that I don't ever want to try to talk myself into why doing God's will is wrong. If y'all get that, say Amen. Well, we're going to take flight into our uh, next study tonight, tonight. And again, uh, we're, we're, we're trying again a second time, uh, just our regular study. So take notes as you see fit. Uh, follow along with me. But our, our topic on tonight, lesson number two, we talked about his word and our ways. Tonight, we want to talk about his mission and our misunderstanding. His mission and our misunderstanding. And I believe that as we, as we consider the Pharisees on tonight, we'll learn something from them that'll help us. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. 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 It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor. You came here. Get the word. Amen, amen. Trust me, somebody needed to hear that. I promise you, somebody, somebody needed to hear that. Some of us, some of y'all was on the fence. I'm trying to help you out. Y'all was, that, 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 that work day, boy, it was putting it on you. And I love you too much. I can't let y'all stay like that. If y'all get that, say amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to be on tonight. While you're turning to Mark, I want to try to educate you a little bit on the book. Uh, uh, the book of Mark, uh, of course, uh, it, is, it is noted to have been written by Mark. However, you should know uh, that the author is anonymous, except for uh, the, 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 the attribution of the book to a writer named Mark. So who that Mark is, people struggle with. Uh, history provides agreement with this title via the testimony of an elder uh, of the day by the name of Papaeus, who is noted as being a defender of Mark, confirming him as an eyewitness and a writer in chronological order. So we, we note it to be Mark uh, through this testimony and through uh, uh, what we'd like to call um, uh, just pass down history. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, the audience, uh, the recipient of this gospel were believed to have been early Roman Christians, early Roman Christians. However, uh, it should be understood that there was a desire to provide the information to even a broader audience. That is, yes, he wrote it initially for the Romans, but the goal was for the gospel to spread. If y'all understand that was Jesus' mission, say amen. 
Uh, in addition to that, what was the reason for writing? Uh, I'm saying a lot here. Let me get to the point of it. It was pastoral. Uh, the Christians in Rome had already heard and believed the good news. They believed the saving power. They, they, the, 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 the right, the, those who received the gospel of Mark, unlike the recipient of the gospel of Luke, uh, they weren't looking uh, to learn. They had already learned. So the purpose of writing this book was more so uh, it was designed to help them to understand the nature of discipleship, to help them to see what it meant to follow Jesus in light of who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he keeps doing in our lives in other words every now and again even for the believer even for the believer it's important for us to ask why it's necessary for us to ask why uh, and the reason why it's necessary for us to ask why uh, is because it puts us in a position to confirm why because I'll tell you if you ever start doing a thing and you don't understand why you're doing it eventually you'll stop doing that thing I say you should study your Bible you should say why preacher that's a great question I tell you, you should pray without ceasing. If you say, why, preacher, that's a great question. Because if you don't have a why for doing these things, doing them doesn't matter. So when Mark writes this gospel to these Roman Christians, he wants them to understand why Jesus is so dependable. And I love the way he starts. I mean, even throughout chapter 1, he confirms Jesus in so many awesome ways. It's worth a read if you get the time. If y'all still with me, say amen. Now, when it was it written? Uh, uh, scholars say between A.D. 60 to A.D. 75. Uh, however, some scholars believe it was one of the first of the Gospels written. That is, before Mark, no, not Mark, before Matthew, Luke, and John, Mark was the first. If y'all are still with me, say amen. Let's get to Mark chapter 2 as we strive to grow on uh, tonight. And let me tell you all how, how blessed you are uh, to be able to live in a society uh, where you can just come to church and bring your Bible and read it without hurt, harm, or danger. Um, there is, a, there is a, a friend of mine, there is a friend of mine, her, her daughter uh, went off to a, a foreign country to serve as a teacher of English, and she went over to this country. Uh, and in this country, there are parts of the country uh, that has noted Christianity as being illegal. Can you imagine such a thing, uh, that, that, that worshiping Jesus Christ is, is, is criminal, like stealing bread or, or assaulting a person? And all I'm saying is as I hear that, uh, naturally, she's already made up in her mind what she's going to do, and I'm so proud of her for that. All I'm saying is we are so blessed. We don't have any idea how blessed we are to be here. Uh, if y'all still with me, say amen. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, Mark, uh, the Mark chapter... Uh, 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 15, um, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is where we are. Mark chapter 2 is where we are. I don't know why I've got Matthew 15 up there. Uh, that's, that's me losing my mind. Y'all don't pay no attention to that. Uh, Mark chapter 2 is where we are, and we're going to make it to verse 15. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know. Uh, but, but we're going to verse number 13. Mark chapter 2, verse number 13. If you're there with me, say amen. Uh, bear the Bible reads, we're trying to grow. If you want to grow, say amen. amen. Listen carefully. The Bible says, then he, that's Jesus, went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. If y'all see that, say amen. Part I really want you to notice more than anything, I want you to notice in verse number 13 where it says, uh, and the multitude came to him. The multitude came to him. And the multitude comes to him for the same reason why the multitude goes to anybody. 
And that is people go to things in droves because there is an interest. There's an interest. There's an interest. Uh, it, it's the reason why uh, 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 concerts sell out and libraries have all sorts of empty seats, right? It's because there are certain things that people go to in droves and there are certain things that people don't necessarily care about. Well, the Bible declares that people went in droves to Jesus Christ. The question you should ask is why is that happening? Well, to get that, you have to go to chapter one. Chapter one, I want you to start with me at verse number 22. The first thing that you'll note, the first thing that you'll note about Jesus uh, is that Jesus is a new thing. Jesus is something like they've never seen before. Mark chapter one, verse number 22. If you have it, say amen. Uh, there, uh, the Bible uh, reads, I'm, I'm passing the page myself. Verse number 22, it says, now there was a man in their, uh, no, verse number 22, it says, and they were astonished at his teachings for he, that's Jesus, taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught as one having authority, not as the scribes. Let me put that in, in perspective to you. You've ever worked at a place, you've ever worked at a place and you worked with a shift manager and then you work with the owner. Like if you work with the shift manager and you work with the owner, the shift manager is in charge, but he doesn't have any major authority. That is, uh, he can't tell you that you can do anything other than what he's been told to tell. Well, if you've ever worked at that place uh, on the times when you're working with the owner, the owner has the power. So the owner uh, can say something like, you know what, y'all, good day. We're closing it down early. This is your place. You can do that. I'll never forget. I used to work at Ellen J's Car Wash in Bladenboro, North Carolina. I was too young. I shouldn't have been working there. I did not have a worker's permit. We were as illegal as all outdoors. He never paid us checks. He always paid us cash under the table. Uh, but I enjoyed it as a kid. I enjoyed it. But I'll tell you, we worked on Saturdays in the summer. And as a kid, on a Saturday in the summer, y'all know you don't really want to work. It's not really what you want to work. And, and he had a guy who was the oldest, so he was, he, was, he was kind of the supervisor. His name was Abdul. And when Abdul was there, uh, even if we were slow, we'd say, Abdul, come on, man, there's no cars. He'd say, hey, man, I, I, I can't let y'all go. Why? Leon didn't tell me to let you go. Ah, oh, come on, Abdul, we, we've been sitting there for 30 minutes. Ain't no cars coming. Hey, man, I can't let y'all go. Leon didn't tell us to let you go. And you just wish, man, I wish Leon would get back. And then Leon would come back. And Leon would be sitting there and say, hey, man, how long y'all been in here? I said, man, we've been here about 30 minutes. Ain't no cars come yet? No. Well, y'all shut it down. Oh, thank you, man. We were so glad. Start packing that up. Start cleaning that bay up. Why? Because, see, he has authority. He has authority. He can make things happen. And they said when Jesus started to teach, Jesus taught with authority. Jesus talked about God like he had some space to move in the existence and the power in agreement with God. He didn't talk like a steward. He talked like an owner. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, another reason why people loved him, drop down to verse number 24. Verse number 24, the Bible says there, uh, it says, um, saying, get verse 23, verse 23 again. It says, now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. He cried out saying, uh, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. Bible says in verse number 25, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Verse number 27, if y'all see that, say amen. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even, someone say even, 
even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. They say, wait a minute now. They say, wait a minute, because this man, Jesus, he's teaching with authority, but he, he's now, he's condemning evil. That is, Jesus has the power to purge evil out of a person. And I know that's true because he purged it out of me. Say amen if you can. And I'm so grateful that he keeps purging me every single day. Uh, but drop down still to verse number 41, because he not only does he teach with authority, and not only is he has healing power, uh, but around verse number 41, uh, the Bible says, then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I am willing, the Bible says, be ye cleansed. If y'all see that, say amen. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him. The Bible says he was clean. And she strictly warned him, saying, uh, warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that thou say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, offer for, uh, uh, for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. If y'all see that, say amen. Uh, but you got to get verse number 45. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. And to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from what? Every direction. Came to him from every direction. Why is that? Because not only does he have teaching authority, not only does evil fear him, but he has healing power. And I want you to know that I'm telling you, if in our space there was a person that had that power to get sickness out of your body, uh, to, to rid you of, 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 of any evil influence in your life, uh, to teach you the word of God as if you were talking to God himself, you'd want to be around him. So when we get to chapter 2 and verse number 13, we're we're not shocked when the Bible says in verse number 13 chapter 2 we're not shocked when the Bible tells us uh, uh, that that it says uh, once again no I got the wrong thing I got the wrong thing I got the wrong thing y'all I lost my space chapter 2 verse number 13 I was at the right place y'all I lost my mind uh, verse number 13 then he went out again by the sea and all the multitude came to him, and he taught him. So when you see that the multitude comes to him, I want you to understand why. They come to him because they know who he is, and they know what he can do, and they know his power. And I'll tell you that one of the things that hinders people from coming to God today is that people are losing sight of what it is that God can do. That's the reason why you ought to ask why. You ought to ask why. Uh, why am I a child of God and why am I striving to remain faithful because God still to this very day has the power to change lives and I'm so glad that God is changing my life and I know he's changing yours as well if you get that say amen now the problem with us if I could just drop this in while I'm standing over the gumbo the problem is is God ain't moving as fast as we'd like him to Amen all by myself. Uh, we, God has got, God's got us in first gear. We want God to drop it down into fourth gear. And God's like, no, first gear is exactly where you need to be. Uh, and if you trust him, God knows how to make it through. If y'all get that, say amen. But the Bible declares that he taught them. And he taught them because that's the reason why he's here. Jesus came here to educate. He came here to empower people with information. Bible says, verse number 13, he's by the sea. Multitudes come to him. And the multitudes are coming to him because they need him. And what do they need from him? They want to be taught by him, touched by him, changed by him. They want to be taught by him, touched by him, 
changed by him. I'm coming to the Lord because I want to be taught by him. I want to be touched by him. I want to be changed by him. Drop down to verse number 14, chapter 2, verse number 14. There the Bible says, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. If that's in your Bible, say amen. He said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Appreciate this. Jesus is too sharp. He's got a multitude of people following him. I mean, he's, he's, he, can't even, he can't even go about. There are just people by the droves following him. And he's got this large group of people following him, and he's approaching a tax collector's booth. Now, I don't have to, I don't have to uh, uh, change it anymore for you. Uh, you all know full well uh, that the, the relationship and the posture between tax collectors and the common Jews was not good. If y'all know that, say amen. Uh, but, but nonetheless, with this great mob behind him, Jesus approaches the tax booth, and rather than lead them into this profane condemnation, telling this man how he's ripping off the people. Jesus looks at this man with this multitude behind him, and he tells this man, I want you to come with me too. That man is invited. Someone say invited. And being invited makes the world a difference. You know, you, I, 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 tell, I tell my children, I say, you know, when you're, when you're at school, if you're on the playground, if you ever see a kid that ain't playing with nobody, I want you to go play with them. And they say, why, Daddy? I said, because if it was you, you'd want somebody to do that too. You see, it's one thing. It's one thing to be in a place, but it's another thing to feel like you're of the place, right? It's one thing to be in the place. It's another thing to feel like you're of the place. And that's the reason why Pembroke Park is so important that whenever you come in this place, if you see somebody that you don't know, you should introduce yourself. And you should be cordial to them. And you should try to uh, sit by them if they'd like and start up conversation. Why? Because you know everybody, but they don't know anybody. And feeling like you're in a place and not of a place, that'll make you want to leave the place. If y'all get that, say amen. Jesus is walking. Jesus sees a man, and he invites the man to follow him. But you can't miss who the man is. The man's a tax collector. But you can't get so caught up in who he is, because if you get so caught up in who he is, you'll forget about who Jesus is. And if you get so caught up in what this man does, you'll forget about what Jesus does. Because when you really think about it, my brothers and my sisters, listen, the whole premise of Jesus being here in verse number 14 was he came here to save lost souls. I wish I had time. I'd take you to John chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Uh, there, John the Baptist is telling the people, listen, y'all get ready. There's another guy coming. He's coming behind me, and he's awesome. I'm talking about y'all think y'all come out of the woodwork to listen to me. I'm baptizing y'all with water. This guy comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. If y'all get that, say amen. Then you'll find yourself at verse number 14. I got to go there now. John chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, verse number 14, Mark chapter 1, verse number 14. If you haven't, say amen. The Bible says, listen, Mark chapter 1, verse number 14, it says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, listen, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That is, Jesus now is in the streets with one purpose. I want to find people that need to repent. And what is repentance, church? What is repentance? Repentance is a change of, that leads to a change of, 
Absolutely, it's a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. So Jesus is walking the streets, and he's walking the streets because John told him this guy's going to come. And when he comes, he's amazing. And when John goes to jail, now Jesus is in the street, and Jesus is in the street. He says, now is the time. The ministry is here. The task is before me. I'm preaching to the world. I'm telling you, it's time to get our lives in order. This world, this world has a lot of problems. All of its problems can be summed up in one problem. And that is, this world has a sin problem. If we, if we as a collective would just live lives that glorify God, this world would be a better place. How can I worry about you robbing me if you love your neighbor as yourself? And why, why would I, why would you need to rob me if I have to help you out, I give to you to help you out from time to time. You see, so many things about this world is neutralized if we'll just get to doing the simple things, just the simple things, the simple things. If y'all get that, say amen. I feel like we've got so many convoluted things. There's so many convoluted things, and we're just losing the simple things. Like, literally, we have it today now where you don't even have to be in the presence of a person. You can literally pick up your phone and you can dial a person up and you can look at the person in your phone and you can talk in your phone to a person that's across the country. I mean, literally, you can talk to people that's six states away and they ain't even got to be near you. You are literally holding in your hand such great power. I'm talking about if you ask me, Kevin, explain how that works. I'll tell you, I have absolutely no idea, but I'll tell you, with all that scientific, all that technological Logical, all that cyber ingenuity we have, we're still losing the basic stuff. Loving each other and helping each other, taking care of each other. My sister. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I think what that does more than anything, it confirms how 
Um, everybody's going through something. You know, like, 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 like in, in, even in being in here, you know, just hostilities on the job and just hostilities in your neighborhood and just hostilities at your school and all sorts of things. And, and what, we're really, what we're really seeing more than anything is how uh, uh, brotherhood and people to rally around you and support you and lift you up and tell you, hey, you're not by yourself and we're going to pray with you and pray for you. And, and there's something beautiful about community. If y'all get that, say amen. So now I, I, I see, I not only see the beauty of Jesus creating it here, I even see the beauty of it being created in this space right here. Uh, if y'all know God is good, say amen. Yeah, Jesus has, has a group of people following him quite like my dear sister, quite like all of us. We're just trying to make it. We, 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 we haven't got it all together. 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 I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm following him, but he's doing some stuff that's blowing my mind because as I'm following him, uh, he's, he's, telling, he's telling this man, he's telling this man to follow us. This man's a tax collector, but he's telling this man that because essentially that's what he came here for. John said this man's going to come. Little known fact, if you've got some time, uh, it's a good study. John chapter, Mark, why do I keep saying John? Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, little known fact, John's baptism was indeed for the remission of sin. He baptized for the remission of sins. Very little known fact. It's in the book. Take a look. John chapter, Mark, 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 Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Uh, and he calls this man Levi, but I want you to pay attention to how he calls him. He calls him with what I like to call the apostle call. He calls him with the apostle call. You all remember uh, the man Legion. Y'all remember Legion? Time ain't my friend, but I'll tell you real fast. See, Legion was a guy, he was plagued with so many demons on the inside of him um, that, that, that literally he was out, he was, he was doing bad. He was going through some things. And the Lord changed his life. If y'all remember the story, say amen. Uh, well, when he was in his right mind, he came to Jesus and he said, please let me follow you. And Jesus told him, no, you stay here. And Jesus gave Legion permission that he didn't give anybody else. He told him, and I want you to tell everybody about what I did for you. Most people, he said, keep it to yourself. You, I want you to tell everybody. Uh, and Legion showed enough when He threw all that town. Tell everybody about what Jesus did for him. Uh, you all remember uh, uh, the, 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 the scribe who says, Master, I'll follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And he says, man, foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. That is because Jesus understood, listen very carefully, y'all, listen very carefully. Jesus understood that everybody's not ready to follow God. And everybody doesn't have what it takes to follow God. Now, we all should follow God, but everybody doesn't have what it takes to follow God. And what I mean by that is everybody hasn't arrived at a place where they're willing to say, Lord, your way is greater than my way. But in verse number 1 of chapter 17 in Mark, the Bible says that uh, verse, verse uh, chapters, y'all, I am losing my mind up here. Listen, listen, listen. Y'all, y'all, I don't, I don't know what's going on with me. I, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell y'all what it is. The only thing I think it is is that I, 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 I got on this diet today, right? I told myself we're going to eat right, we're going to drink water, and I ain't going to lie, y'all, I'm feeling a little woozy. Like, I'll pray for our brother, I'm saying. And I'm starting to feel it. I'm really, really starting to feel it as I'm teaching y'all right now. Like, I'm like, Kevin, you are slipping up here. Like, you need to get it together. Uh, Mark chapter 1, if y'all with me, say Amen. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. Listen to the Bible. The Bible says carefully, it says, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. 
Bible says uh, in the New King James Version in verse number 17, then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Verse 18, they immediately left their nets and followed him. That call is very important when you get to chapter 2 and verse number 14 because chapter 2, verse number 14, Jesus looks at this tax collector and he tells him the same thing he tells Peter, James, Andrew, and John. He says, follow me. He says, follow me. He says, follow me. Uh, a couple of interesting facts. Uh, 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 he called Levi to follow him. When we look at the Bible, uh, the tax collector is everywhere else named Matthew. As a matter of fact, when you read Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, where it lists out the apostles, the tax collector is known as Matthew. Another fun fact is that he appears to have a brother, which I didn't know, uh, the son of Alphaeus. And when we consider the fact that Levi is also the son of Alphaeus, I say all of that to say uh, that you, you, can't, you can't just assume who people are based on what you see. Uh, why is that? Because if, if we went off that eye, nobody's calling Levi because Levi is a tax collector. And we're not calling his brother James because you, that, yes, your brother. And we already know what you like already. No, Jesus has two sons of Alphaeus following him. And one of the sons is noted to be a tax collector. But he tells him to follow. Someone say follow. Now, this is profound, my brothers and my sisters, because uh, this begins to introduce to us what I call the missions misunderstanding. Um, sometimes you have to ask yourself, um, um, do, you, do you know what we do here? Do you know what we do here? Uh, I, went to, I went to a drive-through of an establishment that shall remain nameless. Y'all might know somebody to work there, and I don't want to break your heart. Uh, but I went to this establishment. I pulled up to the drive-through. My children wanted something to eat. I ordered what they sell. Can't tell you, because if I tell you, you'll know exactly where I was. And I ordered what they ordered there, and I pulled up, and I got to the window, and my dear sister was just angry, like, like I just inconvenienced her day because I came here to buy some food for my children. And it kind of blew my mind. And the only thing I knew to ask her was to say, are you having a good day? And she says, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, like, like she knows what it is. I told her, hey, it's okay, it's okay. I just want you to know that it's gonna be all right. I just wanna make sure you're okay. She says, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm going to get your food, okay? I'm going to get your food. And she gets food. She comes back. She's like, listen, I'm sorry about that. I said, no, no, it's okay. I'm good. I'm glad. Take food. Because, yeah, you listen, you never know what people are going through. If y'all get that, say amen. Now, while I gave her that grace and mercy, if I could be honest with y'all, it's just us in here now. If I can be honest with y'all, if I can be honest with y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Listen, I got there, and, and, I, and I'm like, my, my dear sister, you know, um, you, 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 you applied for this job. You came in one day, and you said, can I get an application? They said, sure enough. And you... You filled it out or you went to the computer or did whatever you had to do. Then you came in for an interview and you sat down and they asked you, would you be willing to work a drive-thru? You said yes. Uh, do you feel like you could work a register? You said yes. Uh, how are you with customer service? Oh, I'm the best at customer service. Certainly in the interview, she didn't say I'm the worst because if she said I'm the worst, they're going to be like, well, see you later, girl. We don't need you in here. No, she said she was great and she got the job and she's in the midst of the job and then I pull up and she forgot all that stuff. She's in here treating me like, I'm asking her for her wallet. I just want you to pass me the food that I ordered. If y'all get that, say amen. And the problem is, the problem is, I fear, I fear that oftentimes we can be in a place and not understand why we're in the place. And the reason why I know we don't understand how we're in the place is because we don't act right while we're in the place. So I believe that, that in a moment we're going to start to see the mission's misunderstanding. Verse number 15, if y'all there with me, say amen. Uh, verse number 15, the Bible says, listen, now it happened 
as he was dining in Levi's house. Let's just take a moment and celebrate Levi for a moment. He said, Lord, I'm not just going to follow you. I'm going to open my place up and I'm going to let the people come in. I'm, you, you blessed me, I'm going to be a blessing to others. You blessed me, I'm going to be a blessing to others. You blessed me, I'm going to be a blessing to others. I'm going to say that two more times. I know y'all ain't hearing me. You blessed me, Lord, I'm going to be a blessing to others. You blessed me, Lord, I'm going to be a blessing to others. Levi opens his house up, verse number 15, uh, and, and the Bible says uh, they were dining in the house. Many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Now, I want you to, I want you to note clearly, I want you to note clearly uh, that, that they refer to them as the group that followed him. And we've known the multitude has followed him, but up until this point, they were called the multitude. But now they're not called the multitude. Now we're getting into the particulars of who they are as individuals. We're no longer referring to them as the multitude. Now we're talking about these are tax collectors and sinners. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, a very important thing I want you to know, uh, this calling, this, this, this calling on, on the part of Christ is radical. Uh, we already know that Jesus himself even had some thoughts about the tax collectors. Time it, my friend. But in Matthew chapter 18, verse number 17, Matthew chapter 18, verse number 17, Jesus is teaching us about how to deal with conflict in the church. And what he says is, if a person doesn't want to do right, bring the matter to the church. And if he rejects the church, I want you to treat him like a heathen or a tax collector. That is, Jesus even understood the posture that people had with tax collectors. But here's an interesting thing I want you to know, that Jesus still nonetheless told the tax collector to follow him. And I love that because what I learn about Jesus from Matthew's life, from Paul's life, from my life, from the times I've heard about your lives, is I know that we serve a God that can take the worst of us and help us to be better than we've ever been before. And that's why I love him. Uh, we get to this point, and there's an interesting name change. Verse 13, they're the multitude. Verse 15, they're not the multitude. Now, they're the ones that follow him, but these are sinners and tax collectors. We're no longer talking about them as an entity. We're now talking about who they are as individuals. And we're talking about them who, as who they are as individuals because we want you to know that these aren't good people. If y'all still with me, say amen. Uh, uh, no longer the multitude. You see, now uh, it's just the rejected and, and, and they're seen seated with him. If you, as long as you're just following Christ, everything's fine. But the minute you want to sit down and, and, and connect with him, now we've got a problem. I want you to watch how this is troubling. Verse number 16, if y'all still with me, say amen. Uh, verse number 16, the Bible says, listen carefully, and when the scribes and the who saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? You know what I did? I asked myself why why was that a problem? I even, I even, you all in my study, I even said, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to reference the law, and I'm going to see maybe there's a portion of the law that prohibits it. 
I mean, literally, I intentionally was wondering if I could find an area where there is some struggle in fellowship because fact, listen, fact, there are instances where fellowship is deemed problematic. If you're taking notes, the book of Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, verses 27 through 39, Acts chapter 10, verses 27 through 39, Peter is called to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius is an Italian man. Peter is a Jew. Peter gets to the house and he only goes because the Lord gives him clear illustration prior to that he should go. When he gets there, he tells them distinctly, he says, you all know that it is not lawful for a Jew to come into the house of one who's not a Jew. That is, he openly declares that God has given us righteous consent to have this exercise divide. And if you all remember our study on race, we talked about the Gentile divide. The Gentile divide wasn't about race. It wasn't about skin color. It was about the fact that he wanted to keep his people pure and keep their hearts focused on Jesus Christ. If y'all remember that, say amen. Uh, but but, but here, here we've got something else because we're not dealing with Gentiles. We're dealing legitimately with a mass of Jews. These are all Jews. Uh, matter of fact, the word doesn't get to the Gentiles until Jesus raises himself up and he tells them that they're going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. The Bible says, uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ in Romans chapter 1 and 16, for it is the power of God unto them that believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the heathen, to the Gentile. So right now, this is not a, this is not a Gentile audience. These are Jews. These are people that, are, that should be referred to as your brothers and your sisters. So I really went to consider, well, then why would it be a problem if he ate with them? And I'm telling you, I couldn't find anything. I mean, I literally, literally searched the law, searched commentaries, searched scholars, and what I concluded was, listen carefully, uh, there, is, there isn't any good reason for such a forbiddance within the law. When you check Genesis through Deuteronomy, the Lord doesn't provide a reason why you can't eat with your brother. So what I conclude is that this must be a Mishnah issue. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about the Mishnah, and the Mishnah is where they get the oral law, and that's a series of interpretations of what the law really means. So they would say, you know what, uh, we're, we're scribes, and, and, and we're studied men, so you listen to us, and we'll tell you what it is. And that's the reason why every time you come in this place, you better bring your Bible, you better bring your Bible, you better bring your Bible. I might have a day where I ain't been drinking my water, and I'm talking a little crazy. Say, amen, if you can, you better bring your Bible, you better bring your Bible. Uh, so, so here they have this population of people, they're forbidden bidding them to eat. They're looking at Jesus like he's crazy, and they're looking at Jesus like he's crazy because Jesus is sitting down with these people, and it's mind-blowing because throughout the entirety of the law, there's nowhere where God tells him not to do that. So I ask myself, where do they get such a thought? Well, they get the thought because they've cooked the thought up. And you see, here's the problem. The problem isn't the rejected following Christ. Rather, the problem is when he actually considers them worthy to eat with. That, 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 that we've gone too far. Because having them around is good, but, but you keep them at a distance now. You don't, you don't let them get too close. Well, why is that important to bring up my brothers and my sisters? Because, you see, there's a takeaway there. There's a takeaway. And, and, and this is problematic, listen, because uh, the, the, the segregation 
of the Pharisees, uh, th this is problematic because in the segregation of the Pharisees, they have seemingly lost the purpose of why God has people on earth. Do you all know why we're here? I, I, I know why I'm here. I'm here to help people who don't know Christ get to know Christ. That's why I'm here. Paul says, I'm straight betwixt between two. Paul says, I don't know if I want to stay here or if I want to leave. And you know, life's got to get tough if you're really saying, I don't know if I want to stay here or if I want to leave. Paul says, I think about leaving. I think about dying, and I, and I think it'd be great because I'd be with God in heaven. But then I think about you all, and Paul says, I know it's more needful for you if I stay here. So since he says, I know it's more needful for you to, that I stay here, he says that I'll stay here. And I want you to know that that, that that charge should not just be on Paul. It should not just be on church leaders, preachers, Bible school teachers. It shouldn't just be on them. Every child of God should have, every child of God that has a pulse should be on this earth to help people get to know Christ just a little bit better. Well, the issue is, if you've come up with a rule that prohibits those who follow Christ from connecting with those who don't know Christ, then you obviously don't understand what it is that we do here. Do you all understand that to prohibit Christians from connecting with unchristians, that literally robs us of this whole place and purpose? What else are we doing here for? It's, it's, it's like Burger King that don't sell no burgers. What are y'all doing? Starbucks that don't sell coffee. What are y'all doing? The place is called Starbucks Coffee. It's called Burger King. And if we lose sight of what it's all about, we literally rob it of its purpose. Jesus tells them in verse 17, he says, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus says, listen carefully, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's problematic because my brothers and my sisters, if the Pharisees don't want to connect with sinners, then what are you doing with your Christianity? What, what, what's the purpose of it? If I'm not going to avail myself to connect with people, hey, you don't know about Christ? Hey, if you give me some time, I, I, I can share something with you that might change your life. That's what I'm here for. That's my job. That's my existence. Well, if y'all still with me, say amen. Uh, listen carefully, uh, um, and, and, and this word is true. We, we pray that the Lord would help us to improve our minds. Uh, see, the pharisaical mentality, number two, we talked number one last time, number two, any mindset that causes a Christian to believe that they are above connecting intimately with any seeking person, sinner or not, and any spoken or unspoken mentality that would consider themselves as being above the lost. That's a problem. That's a problem. I mean, if I'm ever looking at anybody with any posture that I can't deal with them, then I've, I missed the whole point of what this is all about. 
Why should we note that, my brothers and my sisters? We should note that for a number of reasons. You see, when we really think about it, people, uh, people of the world, people of the world, I'm talking about sinners, people of the world are rejected for a number of reasons. And I know I can hear, I can hear, I can hear in the hearts. Well, you know, um, uh, uh, some of that rejection is warranted because of the way that you live. And I would say, yeah, but you know, that was true when it was us too, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that was true when it was me too. Like literally, I, I, I don't even have to think long. I can think of about four or five big problems I had in my life and all of them were my fault and I needed Jesus to help me out. Let me challenge your thought for a reason. There's some reasons why people reject people. They reject people because of their past. You know, they say, uh, 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 you know, we know what you used to be. We know what you used to do. Uh, they reject people because of their race. And let me step into the territory and say, I'm not just talking about whites rejecting blacks. I'm talking about also blacks who reject. I'm talking, I'm talking both rounds, both rounds. Uh, there are people who reject people because of their sexual orientation. You know, because she's, she's into girls now. He, he's, he's with boys now. Yeah, but does he have a soul that needs saving? And does she have a soul that needs saving? And, 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 and how, how, how are you going to help them if you don't love them? No, I'm, I'm not saying you co-sign nothing, but what I'm saying is, is I'm definitely not above connecting with anybody. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, some people are rejected because of their appearance. Tatted up. Um, earrings in your nose, in your ear, in, in, your, in your mouth, in, in your eyeball, all, the, all this kind of stuff people piercing these days. And, and listen, listen, listen hey, hey, if, if it's what it is, it's what it is. Uh, true story, true story, true story. Uh, when, I was, when I was young and very dumb, uh, in high school, I got, I, got, I got a brand put in my arm. And, and I'll never forget, one day I was playing phase 10 with my kids, and my daughter's looking at my arm. My daughter says, what is that, Daddy? And, and now, 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 I got, now I got to talk. I got to talk because I got to explain, you know, what this is and, and why Daddy did that. She's like, but was that smart? I said, no, baby, it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't smart. I'm not saying it was smart, but what I'm saying is, is, that, is that you know what? Every, every one of us has something about us that if people were to see us past what we present to them, we'd look detestable, and we'd still want somebody to love us anyway. If y'all get that, say amen. Yeah, in addition to that, uh, some people uh, are rejected because of their mannerisms. You know, uh, you, you act like you ain't got no home training. Maybe they don't have any home training. You, you think that everybody has loving mamas and daddies that, that teach them at home, and no, that, that's not the case. Everybody don't have that. Some people are rejected because of their beliefs. Oh, he, he, now he's off the deep end. Now he talking that crazy stuff. I ain't fooling him no more. I hear y'all silence in here. Amen. Uh, 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 some people are rejected because of their struggles with sin. That's a lot of reasons why people are rejected, but the fact of the matter is, and listen, this is why Jesus came, church. And if we don't understand that, then we're no better than the Pharisees. If we don't understand that literally Jesus came, he didn't come to socialize with people who were already committed. He sought out those who were seeking him. So I don't care where you are in life. If you want to know Jesus, I want to know you. And I want you to know me. And I, I know, I know that you know what? God will bring you a mighty long way. I think I told y'all before, I preached my first sermon in Timberland Boots. If y'all don't know what Timberland Boots are, you better off say amen if you can, is all I'm saying. And, and I, I guarantee you right now, if I came in here with some Timberland Boots right now, some of y'all lose your mind. Get off my dead church with that stuff. 
But, but I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, 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 that the man that was working with me at that season was patient with me because if he'd have given up on me, I don't know if I would have stayed in the corner. Listen, if you're separating, make sure it's for the right reason and very important, the right people. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 13, time it, my friend. But Paul says, listen, I ain't saying that you need to separate from the sinners who are in sin. No, I'm telling you separate from the people who call themselves Christian who are in sin. Yeah, if you're going to break anybody off for not being righteous, you break away from those people who claim to follow Christ but won't do right. But the sinners, Paul says, no, absolutely. Paul says, if we do that, where are you going to go? Like, there's nowhere on earth where you would be free of people who need Jesus Christ. If y'all get that, say, man, I'm sprinting right now. Uh, the mission of the believer, very quickly. Listen, our mission is to be a light in the world that leads the lost of the world to the light of the world without prejudice. Y'all read that with me. Our mission is to be a light in the world that leads the lost of the world to the light of the world without prejudice. That is, I don't care about where you come from, what you've been through, what you're going through. Uh, I, 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 if you, if you want to know Christ, I want to present him to you. Some passages I want you to write down. I don't run out of time, uh, but, but, but I, I, I'm literally at the end of it, so i got to get this to you all now. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, the Bible says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, 4 and 5, it says, Well, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? It says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. You'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. We got a prayer. We pray, dear God, please remove any pharisaical tendencies from our hearts and grant us a mind to see humanity as your harvest in every way. If y'all still with me, say amen. Uh, that, that, is, that is the conclusion of it, my brothers and my sisters. I just always want to thank y'all for your time and your attention. Um, one, one of the things that I'm learning as we're studying the Pharisees is I'm, I'm, I'm learning, if, and if, if y'all are honest, you might connect with me there, is that uh, you can easily become a Pharisee. I mean, it don't, it, don't, it don't take much. When you look at some of their postures and you start to see, you know, these people, they made excuses for why I, I don't have to really do what God said and and they made preference to people. I, I, I connect with these kind of people. I don't connect with them kind of people. I like these kind of people. I don't fool with them kind of people. And if you start to entertain that mentality, y'all, we start to fall in that gap. And I never want us to forget that Christ said, unless we do better than they did, we won't have a home. If y'all get that, say amen. If you're not a child of God, y'all to become one. You come by hearing the word of God, believing God's word to be true. Repent of your sins. Confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Be buried in the watery grave of baptism. Rise to walk a new life. Remain faithful unto death. God promised to give you a crown of life. Maybe just maybe you're here in this place today and you realize, you know what, Lord, um, I, I, I just need some help. I, I, I want to break some chains in my life. I want to be a better person. Maybe it's not even the things we've discussed. Maybe it's some other things. Here's how beautiful God is. First John 1 and 9, the Bible says, if we simply confess our faults, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If you get that, say amen. If anyone needs to respond, won't you do so right now as we together stand and sing? Your grace